Welcome to all you lifers out there who are joining us for our first ever podcast of the 1010, where we talk all about life and how life is precious. Your life is precious. My life is precious. And I have a very precious life with me today. My guest for today's first episode is my husband, Jay. Come on. What an honor. It's so good to have you. So again, I'm so glad you're joining us today for today's podcast. Let's go. Wow. This feels pretty special to be here today, sitting across the table with um, my husband, Jay, but also just starting a podcast. I can honestly say that a couple months ago, I didn't know this is where I'd be. And in fact, I've been off social media for the last couple of years, like not Instagram, not Facebook. I just got off. And so um, it's pretty cool to to be here today. And I actually, I want to give a shout out to my friend, friend, Jordan Shipley, who you can't see because he's behind the camera and the audio, but he's actually the reason that mm. I started this podcast. I mean, I think the Lord's first of all, the reason, cause I know he's been stirring my heart, but we had a conversation a couple months ago where he encouraged me, you know, and I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to add to the noise. Cause that's what I feel like a lot of social media is a lot of like podcast is just like noise, even though I love to listen to podcasts, um, ironically. And so I just didn't want to be part of the noise, but he said, you know, there is a lot of noise out there, but there's not a lot of good noise. Mm-hmm. And so it encouraged me to that really, this is the season that God is calling me to step into, step into the arena and speak God's message mm-hmm. and speak his truth. Because we know that when we speak truth, it makes a difference in the world not only needs to hear, but deserves to hear the truth, to be set free. Truth sets us free. And so I'm here just to speak the truth of Jesus Christ and our Lord and Savior. And that's who uh, that's who we lift up through this podcast. Um, but the main focus of our conversations, these pod- podcasts that will be coming out, the main focus is really going to be talking about life and all aspects of life. Um, just hearing different people's testimonies about salvation about um, finding Christ. I love hearing stories of like people's yeah. testimony of how they found Christ. That is just so encouraging. It's so exciting because everybody's story is different. And maybe you're even thinking about your own story of how you found Christ, um, what that day was like or what, how that changed the trajectory of your life. I know finding Christ has changed my life, of course. And, um, you know, being pastors, our, our whole life is about drawing people towards Christ, Mm. pointing their, um, whether it's salvation, whether it's that first time commitment to Christ or just living a life that surrender to Christ. That's what our lives are all about. Um, but Jay and I got started, uh, in our relationship when we were just three, three years old, (laughs) (laughs) we met in our church nursery. It's funny. As I told, I was telling some people this morning, um, that I met my wife in the church nursery and they just look at me weird. And I was like, no, not like a creeper. Yeah. Like I was in the nursery. And so was she as babies, three you, years old. You love, I watch you do this to so many people. You love to watch their faces. Like you say that and you're like, just watching them. You just want the reaction. So it just cracks me up that you always, yeah, I met my wife in the nursery and then you just stare at them. <laughs> She's like, mm. that's okay. It is a great story. Um, my dad and our family uh, moved to Cedar Park to become pastors of the church 
uh, at Cedar Park Church when I was just three years old and Jay and his family, his older sister and his mom and dad were already there when we got there. And so our families became and like friends. The, well, in 1980, I think is when, yeah. 1981 is when your dad started yep. as pastor at Cedar Park. So yeah. in the olden days, or as yeah. the kids would say back in the 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yep. And um, yeah, so our families became friends and we did, you know, life together, vacation together. Jay has an older sister as well as do I, and they were best friends. And, and I remember when we were like junior high, they would like talk about, oh, how could we really be sisters? And so I think that they figured they could really be (laughs) sisters if they could get us to fall in love and be married. And so I think that was their ploy. You know, whether it was their ploy or not, it worked. It was the Lord's plan. It was the Lord's doing, but yeah, I think it was um, the summer before our senior year that we mm-hmm. started dating. And yeah, so I grew up in a pastor's home, uh, pastor's daughter, PK, and had a great experience. I I love church to this mm-hmm. day, loved church as a kid. Every time the doors were opened, of course, we were there and um, knew every square inch of the church building and knew where all the good snacks were hiding. And, (laughs) but more than that, I loved, um, just, I loved being in service and praying at the altar. I remember even just as a junior high student, um, just loving the times at the altar, just praying and talking to God and singing. Like that was, um, I just, I've always, Hmm. I remember that distinctly as a kid, just, just loving Jesus and just loving being in his presence. And, um, so, and Jay obviously grew up in a deacon's home and although your parents weren't in the ministry full time, they yeah, were. My mom uh, was raised in a pastor's family and, uh, but my mom and dad, from the time that my sister and I were little, were just very involved in the church and, you know, it's wherever there was a need, they wanted to be a part of helping. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely the values you described kind of growing up, like church was part of life and it wasn't, it wasn't something that we resented. It's something you just loved and cherished. Like. I just think as a kid being raised in church, mm-hmm. um, man, there's no better place. Right? Like, you know, you learn, uh, you know, friends, you learn yeah. how to, even as a little one, how to respect adults mm-hmm. or how to listen to adult conversations, um, you know, and there's tons of kids around to, ha- to get to play with. So you learn how to wait yeah. for your mom and dad who yep. talk and talk and talk. Yeah. I, I learned how to use that time. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't wait for them. We all playing in the dirt outside. Yes. Yeah. How many no. times did you guys get left at church? You know, I can honestly say I don't ever remember getting left at church. Um, Wow. Well, we did (laughs) a few times. But back then, you know, people didn't have cell phones. And so it would take until my dad got home and and talked to my mom. Send a message by carrier pigeon. Where are the children? And he's like, I thought they were with you. So then he would have to go back. (laughs) I think my family generally drove in the same car to church together. So that's probably why. Uh, Yes, that's That's true. Pretty sure I would still be left at church. That's true. Dad would get there early. So I know that you had felt a call to ministry. Yeah. Like, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. You talked about like kind of those junior high years. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just thinking about this the other night, um, how it was really like kind of through grade school and coming in kind of through the end of like sixth grade that uh, I really didn't feel um, super connected to my faith mm-hmm. or to that of my parents. And I just kind of felt like I wanted to be a little bit more engaged in the world of my, where my friends were. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, honestly, kind of just drawing my heart and life into 
into the world. And I, and, um, I just sense like a, this kind of battle in me. Cause I know, you know, growing up at the church that we grew up at your dad, who is our pastor, my pastor, your dad as well, but every Sunday would give a salvation call. Mm-hmm. And I can just, I still remember during like probably that whole year of my life, every time when the, I knew the end of the service was coming, cause mm-hmm. my parents would make me come to church, even if I didn't want to. And I just remember your dad, he, I can just hear his words. Hey, for those of you that are here today and you're not, not right, right with God, God but, but you, you want to be. be like, that's, that's just emblazoned into my heart because like my heart would start to beat hard mm-hmm. right before he would even say it, you know, and I was like 12 years old and um, it was like during that time, I just remember, you know, week after week, opportunity after opportunity, I didn't know it at the time, but like looking back, man, that was the Holy spirit. Just like, mm-hmm. just, and, and I've, I kind of just fought it. And I, I remember thinking in my heart, I was embarrassed like I was embarrassed to raise my hand because, um, that's our pastor and he's known me my whole life and my parents are here and my friends are there and my sister and all these, you know, it's just like all these people. And I just remember feeling like, well, I'm embarrassed to raise my hand because I don't want them. Well, they all, they all already knew that I was a little heathen. (laughs) They're all like praying, (laughs) interceding, Jesus, please let it be today. Yeah. But for some reason, I just remember that season being like, inner struggle for me. And I remember there were some significant moments where um, I was probably developing some friendships that my parents were not excited about. Mm -hmm. And they were, um, you know, opposed to me spending time with certain friends. And, and I couldn't, I couldn't really understand why my parents would not want me to have fun, would not want me to be with my friends. Now, as a parent, you're like, oh, it's because those kids are bad influence yeah. and we believe in greater things for you. But, mm-hmm. you know, as a kid, you're like, my parents are stupid. They don't know anything. Well, long story short, that summer after sixth grade, my parents sent me as, as well as my cousin came along uh, for the summer to be with my grandparents in Alaska mm-hmm. who were ministers. They were pastors. In fact, they were pastors, pastors in Alaska. In other words, they had oversight over uh, all the assembly of God churches throughout Alaska and so um, we thought we were going up there for the summer to go fishing with grandma and grandpa, to go camping, to, you know, just have an awesome Alaska experience. Yeah. And we did, we did, but we got in their RV and we drove from their house and stopped and fished and camped. And then they pulled into this campground and they said, Hey, we have a surprise for you guys. And I'm, you know, like 12 or 13 years old. And we're like, what's the surprise? They said, we're dropping you off at Bible camp <laughs> for a week. <laughs> and I just remember being so like disappointed and upset. Were your parents in on that? You, think? Uh, you know, I've never asked my parents if they were in mm. on that or if they even knew. I mean, yeah. I think that's how my grandma and grandpa rolled. They're both in heaven, probably laughing right now. Yes. Um, the conspiracy comes to circle. Five. Yeah. But it was interesting. I didn't, uh, I kind of resented it until, you know, you get into the camp and it was junior high camp at Little Beaver Bible Camp mm-hmm. uh, outside uh, of, uh, outside of Anchorage there. And, um, <laughs> I looked around, I'm like, Oh, well, there's some cute girls here. So I was like, Oh, this might be a fun week after all. But I'll tell you, I think it was like the first service that evening we gathered in and there was a time of singing. I don't remember any songs. There was a sermon. I don't remember anything that was preached, but there was at the end of the sermon, that same call that I knew my heart had beat a hundred times for in the last year that all of a sudden I realized the only person in this whole place that knows me is my cousin. And in that moment, I was like, I'm going to say yes. And I got up and I went forward to the altar. And um, I mean, I just like said, Lord, I'm all yours. I'm all yours. I'm like 12 12 or 13 years old. You know, my cousin came along with. 
you know, and it was really, I think even the next night that I experienced just like the, just God's presence in my life and just experienced the Holy Spirit for the first time in, in that real way, the baptism of the spirit and the yeah. just, just, wow, thank you, God. And in that next season after that, uh, I just remembered coming home from that summer and just making different choices about friends. And it just totally um, pushed my tra the trajectory of my life to where the greatest desire of my heart was to love God and to serve God. And I knew that he was calling me uh, into ministry. So even as a young boy, that was just like, and then those times praying at the altar through middle school, through high school and being involved in camps and, and services and just, just such awesome richness. Yeah. And I'm so glad that, that you said yes to Jesus. Yeah. All those years ago. Yeah. You know, even though there was a season of struggle, hmm. you know, I think it's cool to look back on that because it was your decision hmm. that you wrestled with and that you, you know, yeah. the thing about saying yes to Jesus is it's a choice. You know, we're not robots. Yeah. We aren't born with like, oh, I have to be a Christian because I was born to a Christian family. Um, but God gives each person. Yeah. There's lots will. of evidence of the opposite of that. You know, I mean, people yeah. just say, I don't want to be anything like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I think I do sense like you're saying it's our choice, but I can look back on that season and see, yes, it was my choice. And yes, God so graciously yeah. laid out everything for me to be able to make that choice, yeah. even in my, Obviously. my own thoughts and hearts and desires and the leading of my life. And, you know, even just kind of wading through yeah. some of the sin and yuck of, of life, mm -hmm. even, if, you know, as a young boy growing into adolescence and just going, okay, you know what? That's not what I want. Mm -hmm. um, I think God led me to that choice. And I was so overjoyed to have finally made it. It was like a relief. Yeah. So life, man, and yep. to the fullest. And obviously your mom and dad prayed for you <laughs> and many, I'm sure many of your yeah. Sunday school teachers, our Sunday school teachers and friends and your grandma yeah. you know, and all your grandmas and mm -hmm. grandpas prayed for you. And so, you yeah. know, it might seem like I finally, I finally gave in, you know, but it's like, they all knew they were just <laughs> waiting for that, that chance. And, I don't um, know. I think they all breathed a little bit of a sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah. And thanked the Lord. Yeah. And so I think you and I both had, fairly similar upbringing yeah. as far as like just being entrenched in church and ministry and, and, and it, it was, yeah, a very positive experience for both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, just feeling like church is the greatest place to be. It has all my friends there, people that I can look up to like older women who are just on fire for Jesus. Um, I remember just hmm. thinking they were a little bit different, but that I wanted to be a little bit different too, like them, you know, that some of those ladies who just, um, would have a word from the Lord to share, yeah. you know, they just act like they, they just hear God every moment. And I think mm. they do, you know, they would, they were prayer warriors and those were the people that showed me what it meant to yeah. be a godly woman and to, um, what it looked like to pursue Jesus with my whole life. So I'm thankful for just church, for the examples, mm. um, of godly men and women of marriages, yeah, exactly. families, um, just people yeah. living life together. So love the church. It's the beauty of the church. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, it's not a group of people who think all the same way or look all the same way or act yeah, all the same way. Exactly. It's we all desire and are being called in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's something powerful to being able to look yeah. to a, a group or a community of people, like you said, that give mm -hmm. you an example of, mm -hmm. okay, if I keep aiming my life in this direction for the next 30, 40, 50 years, yeah. Uh, what's that look like? I just talked with a couple in church yesterday 
I asked him how long they'd been married. He said, 61 years. And they're in love. I mean, you, you can tell by the way that he looks at his wife and he talks about her and you just go, they're in love still wow. 61 years later. I go, I want that. Yeah. And aside from the church, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of communities and groups of people where you can have those types of positive examples and have that kind of exactly. proximity to them. Mm-hmm. This is why God says, do not forsake right. the gathering together of believers Absolutely. as some are in the habit of doing. Uh, it's good for us. Yeah. And we know that not everybody has had a great experience in yeah. church, right? Like the church is just the people inside. That's what the church is. Yeah. <laughs> the people. And so. Yeah. Sometimes we show up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously we're Christians are not perfect. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, for our story, like what we encountered um, and I'll share it in a little bit is we experienced the way the church should be. Mm. That is that when times are rough, things don't go as, as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, even when people make, bad choices and sin and fall short. Like how do we as believers respond to them? And we experienced right. that our church, you know, came around us and loved us. So just to jump back into our story, hmm. um, dated through the summer and then senior year dated. And, um, and I think I knew pretty right away that I wanted to marry you. You know, I admired you as a youth leader or as a, you know, student leader in our yeah. youth ministry. Um, I loved your energy and like charisma and one of my favorite things about you that I noticed right away was just how you always treated everyone kindly. Hmm. You know, it didn't matter if they were like kind of a dork, you know, not the cool kid, uh, but you always um, gave just people respect. Hmm. You know, and I see that even now to this to this day, like the way that you care about people is something that I strive after hmm. and I really admire about you. Well, I just thought you were really cute. And, uh, my attraction to you is probably initially much more mm-hmm. shallow than yours was to me, but here now, 26, 27 years later, I just go, you know, I just realized, oh, I was as dumb as the day was long, but I really made a good choice. For the record, I thought you were really cute too. I mean, aside from being attracted to you, those were the qualities there you go. about you. That and, I- and I mean, I just loved that, um, you know, you could see a great passion in you. I mean, yeah. that's one of the things you've always been is like really passionate. Like if you're in, you're all in. Let's go. And so let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so yeah. Um, in our dating relationship, I remember we didn't like it was, I think we dated for like six months before we had our first kiss. I remember it on the very front porch that we still live on. Yeah. Live in. Well, we didn't <laughs> long story short, but we're back here. But anyway, um, but I think that we did not set up good boundaries for ourselves. That's, you know, a whole nother conversation that we could maybe have at another time. But, um, yeah, I always explain it to people like we loved Jesus with all our hearts, but really didn't help ourselves mm -hmm. in both the conversations that we did and didn't have. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, I mean, you just kind of see, yeah, we love Jesus and spoiler alert. uh, I don't know if you wanted to tell the part of the story, but, that summer, uh, Sandy, you ended up getting pregnant yeah. and it was my fault. <laughs> yes, true. It was your baby. So, still is. <laughs> yeah. So I ended, I ended up getting pregnant, um, the summer, just right after we graduated and, um, we and were both, both of us. Yeah. Enrolled we were, in Bible school in the fall. Mm-hmm. And so that was a moment. Uh, yeah. I remember yeah. still that first phone call. I think I was. Yes. You were. At with a, some friends mm-hmm. and. You said, I think I'm pregnant. And I was like, 
Uh, wrong number. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. I know. I, but I'm sure that moment did that thought did cross your mind, but thankfully you did not. <laughs> it was a. I mean, it was very different. I'm sure for you those those days, and and that's. Um, I mean, just kind of like, what? This is not real. Yeah. Um, but then realizing, okay. Because I think, and I tell people, like, we had sex one time. And was it even? <laughs> and that is how amazingly uh, fertile this connection is between you and me. Um, but I mean, you just go, what are the odds of that? You know, and I it, don't know. And, and I think, well, apparently with us, pretty good. Pretty good. But- <laughs> um, I mean, it's an awkward part of the story for sure, but yeah. you know, you just go that, I think for, for us, it was probably the grace of God as well, mm-hmm. because it, it let us very quickly, um, have to make a decision mm-hmm. about who we were going to be, what we we're going to do with our mess yeah, and what type of life. And I just think, you know, if we, for instance, if that had not been the case, what kind of a road would you keep going down yeah. being okay with knowing right. you're doing something that is not honoring yeah. to the Lord and still living a life like the rest of it is okay and good. Yeah. I mean, when you get caught in sin, it is the grace of God. Yeah. Agreed. And, and so we often pray that for other people, you know, God, let them come to the end of themselves so that they yeah. can find you. It's amazing how that grace was so terrifying though. Like you don't think of yeah. grace as terrifying, but in, in that experience, it was terrifying. Yeah, I mean, cause you still have consequences that yeah. you have to walk through. But again, you know, hmm. we were, we had such an amazing grace filled community, but I remember to, I think I took probably like eight pregnancy tests, Hmm. you know, and by the eighth positive one, I'm like, okay, I can (laughs) deal with this. This is real. Hmm. Um, You know, and we, obviously we've already, I've already told our story of growing up in our church and our church has always been uh, very outspoken in its pro-life stance um, to which I'm grateful for. And I think that's been really instrumental to us as pastors mm. now in our church that we have to talk about these issues as leaders, as pastors, yeah. because these are people in our congregation, right. like such as us, yeah, who exactly. are faced with an unwanted, unplanned pregnancy. Mm. You're 18 years old, you know, in the church. So, I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. It's not a problem outside. It's a problem inside. Like it's a situation we're all, you know, we've all fallen short of God's glory. So, um, I remember while you were still out of town, just going on, going for a long run and Mm. just, um, thinking maybe if I run really hard that my body would miscarry. Mm. Um, and yeah, I was just very, very feeling very desperate. Like I have to fix this, you know, Mm. I have to fix this situation. Um, and I thought I did think about abortion, like, a thought that went through my mind, but thankfully it went out quickly because I knew just because of the stories that I've heard from other women who have shared their stories of abortion that I knew it wasn't going to fix anything. It doesn't. I mean, even those, I I remember hearing some of those same stories. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I remember we had a couple of services at church on a couple of Sunday nights that I recall where, um, your dad invited different ladies to just share what their experience about choosing life I think it's funny, even like your passion for it Mm -hmm. is really the living out of the very same passion that your dad and your mom have always had uh, for life. And, but it's like, it's one thing to say, Hey, this is what we believe. This is our passion. Mm -hmm. Um, When it's thinking about other people's choices and other people's lives. And then it like zooms in really close when it's yours, your family, 
your life. Yes. And just thinking about those ladies, Mm. I know some of them still, Mm -hmm. and I'm thankful that they were brave enough to share their story at church. Yeah. You know, because there's, I know, I know a lot of women who have gone through abortions, but they just, they don't want to talk about it Mm. because it's, there's still so much shame that maybe they're wrapped up in, um, which God has freedom for all that. And I think yeah. freedom comes when we share our story. Cause then we realize that, Oh, people right. will still love me. Even if they hear this, you know, devastating news. Yeah, And, um, we do believe that abortion is wrong. It's murder, but God can forgive. That's right. Even that. So there's no shame when you bring that before the Lord, when you bring, you just confess your sin to the Lord, he forgives you. That's right. And you can find freedom. And so do his people. And so do his people. Those whose hearts are authentically following the way of Jesus. Yeah. They respond no differently than Jesus does. I mean, that's their, their strive. And so I think, yeah, we'd seen it and got the, the blessing of being able to receive it as well Mm -hmm. as we kind of walked through that. But yeah, I mean, those were super uncomfortable time, you know, days because Uh, we were pretty high profile people in our church obviously pastor's daughter and we were both youth leaders in our, hmm. in our youth ministry. And I think I was singing on the worship team. Yeah. And I remember just thinking immediately, cause I think we, I kind of like just jumped pretty quickly to the, okay, we're going to get married. Um, and then I realized, Oh wait, how are you supposed to do that? How does that go? Yeah. And I remember, well, you got to have to sit down with money. the dad and ask him. And I remember sitting down with your dad. Um, I think we were sitting on the back porch drinking iced tea. And I just remember being so like nervous terrified. or yeah, terrified. Even your, your dad is like, you know, so calm. kind and gracious and calm yes. and, you know, even keeled, but even still you just go, mm-hmm. uh, I would, I would think I would have been nervous even if it was mm-hmm. 10 years later and I was asking for his blessing to marry his daughter, all this thing. But under these circumstances, I just remember telling him that I loved you mm-hmm. um, and that I wanted to marry you. And, um, and I think I, I told him, I said, and you know, I know that this isn't the timing or the order that we've had in mind, but Sandy and I, you know, we've already talked about wanting to be married. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, so I know that there's a family on the way, so I'll drop out of school and I'm just going to get a job and support and raise my family. Mm-hmm. And I said, I know that um, that this is the kind of thing that um, likely ministry is not in my future anymore. And so I just had kind of determined, you know what? Uh, that's not the kind of mistake that God uh, forgives. I don't, I don't know if I ever thought mm-hmm. that, but just like, that's just not who God uses. You. That's not who God uses. Yeah. God uses people who are above and beyond reproach. Which is true, true, but I've not met any of those people yet. <laughs> not just kidding. I mean, but um, your dad's words to me were so calm and deliberate and so full of grace. And he said, well, that is, um, first of all, he said, you're not going to drop out of school, <laughs> which I'm grateful for was yeah. good advice. He's like, you know, you, you continue. You don't know what God has in store for the future. and You don't know how God it's going to use you. Likely it's going to be a, a tough season of learning, you know, how to submit to, you know, the mistakes that you've made, but also mm-hmm. grow in it. And um, he said, you didn't call yourself into ministry mm-hmm. and, and uh, this doesn't disqualify you. So just wait, be patient and see what God does. And I just thought, okay, I'll wait and be mm-hmm. patient. There's enough things I had to think about already. So uh, it was, I mean, only really a few weeks after that, that we got married yeah. 
And um, as just, we were in love. Uh, we didn't know any different, but we were just so dumb. Well, I was at least. No. <laughs> but that was our saving grace. In different ways, thankfully. It was your saving grace. I don't You're think. Like, you don't know any better. I didn't know how to cook anything. I think. You know, we ate just like canned soup and sandwiches. And I just was. And we lived for Sundays because we'd go out to lunch with your family or my yeah. family after church. And yeah. no, I literally think we lived for those. I think we were completely malnourished until Sundays. It was like yeah. calorie carb load. Yeah. <laughs> but before you had that conversation with, with my dad about, you know, asking to marry me, um, he had, you know, when I had told my mom that I was pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, he came into my room and talk to me. And, um, I just remember I was already like in bed, the lights were off and he just came and sat by my bed and just said, you know, basically your mom told me what happened what's going on. And, um, what are you going to do about it? You know, mm-hmm. what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to give the baby up for adoption. And he, which I think honestly, adoption in that situation can be a really great option, right? Like if, if you have a one night stand with somebody you don't know, or you don't want to be with adoption can be great. Mm. And I think that every, you know, girl who's facing an unwanted pregnancy um, or unexpected pregnancy, it's an, it's something to think about because there are so many families Mm. that want children. Yeah. There are good paths forward. Yeah. There's options. And and it's not just one. It's not just abortion. is where the choice of life is Yeah, where all those good paths yeah. start. So I'd chosen life, but then it was like, well, well you know, who's going to take care of the baby? Yeah. Um, and I just assumed it couldn't be me. Hmm. I never even thought that it could be up to that moment. Cause I was 18, you know, obviously unmarried. Mm-hmm. I lived at home. I mean, I think I, you know, worked at the mall. <laughs> Spent all your money at the mall. <laughs> like I cannot take care of a baby. Although I always loved babysitting and I do, I did love children. But my dad said to me, that baby is your responsibility. Hmm. And immediately I just received that. And I said, well, then I want to get married. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, that's, you know, that's not just your decision to make. And again, he didn't know that we had had the conversation because I think what he was trying to say um, is that, again, if you find yourself pregnant, you know, marrying that person may not be the best situation. Right. Right. I mean, so yeah, it's was, not always the solution. Yeah. Uh, depending you on know, marriage is God bringing people together. It's not just people stumbling together. Yeah. Like you don't want to be unequally yoked. Mm-hmm. And so having a baby doesn't mandate a marriage, you know, mm-hmm. in that situation. So I think he was just trying to make sure we, we weren't running into another right. mistake. Um, thankfully I know that God had brought <laughs> us together uh, I don't know. I mean, 27 years later, it's still, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. We, we are meant to be. Yeah. And, um, and so, and so I said, I said, well, we want to get married. I want to get married. And so long story short, we got married. Like, I think I was only a few weeks along. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean like the first time we would see people who didn't really know, cause it just happened so fast. Mm. If you weren't like our best friends, you might not even have known what had happened. So that was, you know, a tricky season. I remember when we first got married, uh, Sunday rolled around and Mm. I just did not want to go to church. I didn't want to Mm. see everybody. Right. It's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. But you were like, so, and I was pregnant. I'm like, well, I'm just going to stay home. And I remember, I'll never forget it. (laughs) You're like, okay. 
And I thought, oh, we're just going to have a nice morning at home. Like we're just going to hang out together. And you left and you went to church. <laughs> I thought that's what you're supposed do to you do on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I probably but, don't remember it as seared into my brain as you do. I just but. remember being like shocked, but I felt like, you know, you set the pace for us hmm. that Sundays we go to church and we don't avoid, you know, God or the family of God when things are hard. And so I'm thankful for that. Um, so then we just continued to go to church every week. And mm-hmm. um, it was about a year that we um, didn't do any kind of leadership upfront ministry. You know, we didn't serve on the worship team or we just took that time to like. Which honestly was, um, you know, it's a painful separation in the sense of like, that was what our life was up mm-hmm. to that moment. But it was also a gift because mm-hmm. um, we literally had a lot on our plate, you know, trying to adjust to. I mean, for the first time of either one of us living outside of our parents' house, mm-hmm. uh, living on our own, uh, working full time uh, that fall, I in, uh, we both enrolled and we were in school, yeah, uh, full time classes, uh, you know, working nights, like all kinds of stuff. It's like, okay, if we had, you know, I mean, I'm just thinking it was a good thing uh, yeah. that that imposed season of rest for us, which we didn't know how long it was going to be, but yeah. 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 But the church was so kind mm. and gracious to us that women's ministries put on a, a huge shower. Mm. It was like wedding shower slash baby shower <laughs> all together. <laughs> um, you know, and just came alongside of us and loved us, encouraged us and welcomed us in. Yeah. And and that is what the body of Christ should be. Yeah. Right. And so if you've experienced anything other than that, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, because nobody's perfect. And I know it's easy when you, um, when you've grown up in church and maybe you haven't made, you know, big obvious sin that everyone can see, hmm. there is this kind of like this self-righteousness that can creep in Yeah, of like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm above, I'm beyond that. I'm beyond that kind of sin, you know, hmm. but obviously that is untrue and that's a very self-righteous attitude. Right. And so, and doesn't please Jesus, yeah. you know, and, um, Jesus would never treat anyone, um, unkindly. That's right. And he demonstrated that, you know, when he lived on the earth, uh, like the woman at the well, Mm. you know, he sat and had conversation with her and shared the gospel, yeah, the salvation message with her. Yeah. And was patient with her, you know, and you look at, there's any number of stories of Jesus, you know, interaction with people and just the kindness, grace, but it wasn't, um, just kindness without a purpose, just for the sake of kindness. Like it was always intended his kindness, as the scripture says, to lead people to repentance, like that they would see something tender and sincere and authentic in such a way that would make them hungry to walk Mm -hmm. in that same truth. You know, and that's why he often said, like, I felt him really, um, impress upon us, go now you've received grace. Now go and live different. Yeah. Go and sin yeah. no more, you know, right. like, and I just think, Oh, Oh yeah. That's yeah. the way of Jesus. Yep. It's not just, well, wash over everybody's sin with just a smile or mm-hmm. make them all feel good. It's, there's a purpose in it. The mm-hmm. kindness is intended to lead yeah. us to places of changed life and of repentance, repent, like turn yeah. away from it. Cause it's what's harming you and hurting you and making mm-hmm. your, your life just a, a a place of ruin, but he came to bring life and life abundant. 
Like John, John 10, 10, which is, I think the name of the podcast, 10, 10. Hey, Hey, come on. Spoiler alert. Abundant life. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what, what God does. Yeah. And sometimes I daydream about like our story had it been different, Hmm. you know, if we had done things the right way. Yeah. Um, you know, and I obviously, I'm I'm not saying I'm glad that we sinned and I'm Mm -hmm. glad that, that we did it that way, but you know, the Lord takes our mistakes yeah. and turns them into our blessing, yeah. which is crazy Yeah, when we give them to him, when we surrender exactly. them, when we own them, when we repent, yeah. you know, when we say, okay, I messed up, God help, hmm. you know? And he's like, I can work with that. Yeah. And that's what he does. He just takes our messes and he restores us and hmm. he redeems us. And I love to tell our story just simply because. God's goodness is on display. It's yeah, a story it really of his is, mercy. It is his story, right? And, and I think grace. I always think of it like mm-hmm. being 18 years old, married, the child on the way, becoming parents at such a young age, you know, you're really forced into this place of, well, humility of owning up to your mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty hard to ignore something that everybody can just plainly see with their eyes. Like yeah. when somebody's pregnant, you know, you're like, oh, that's real. When life is upside down, everybody yeah. can see it. And I just think I'm really grateful because it just pushed us, if you will, into this place of, okay, now what are you going to do? And I think oftentimes we get, you know, you just get so paralyzed by your mistakes Mm -hmm. and we think back like, how can I change this? How can I fix this? How can I do? And it's really more about, okay, now what am I going to do? Now what am I going to do? And you go, okay, now I'm going to live differently. Now I'm going to pursue. And I think it was literally, I mean, the second I realized Hey, I'm married. Hmm. <laughs> I yeah. was like, yeah, let's go let's do this. You know, <laughs> and then I was just thinking about um, the very first moment yeah. that I got to uh, feel your belly move. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're like, come here, come here and feel this. And like, wow, that's mm-hmm. our baby. And it's just like, who cares what anybody else is saying or thinking if, yeah. oh, they should have waited or this. I'm like, that's, let's look at that. Life. that. There's a baby. And then I just remember, Uh, when Talia was born, you know, and the doctor just handing her to me um, and just looking at her little face and just like, it was yours. It was my little tiny face. I was like, (laughs) just being in love, you know, and just like, wow, that's my child. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like what, remember that, that old Sheryl Crow song? Uh, you're my favorite mistake. <laughs> I would never, yeah. you know, but, but you just go, wow, God, if that was my, if that was a mess up, uh, that's the greatest. Cause Talia, it was, the, I mean, just the greatest thing that ever happened to our lives. Um, and yep. just seeing, and then we're like, you know what, let's just keep having kids yeah. and, uh, four beautiful daughters later and, uh, just such an amazing and wonderful way of God reminding us that, um, life, yeah. You know, and the choosing of it, however it gets there, it doesn't matter. Like how it got there is not the question. It's always, okay, now what? Yep. How how are we going to walk forward in a way and trust yeah. that there is abundance in this cho- choice of life? And and I just think, wow, being a parent, being a husband, other than being a follower of Jesus mm-hmm. and, you know, that beginning of my spiritual life of just saying yes to Jesus I mean, those things are all in the same stream to me of just yeah. like, I am, yep. I'm different because I'm, 
I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm different because I'm in love with you mm-hmm. and I get the joy of being your husband. I'm different because of the experience of being able to raise our beautiful daughters. Yeah. And I'm just so grateful for just the overflow of life, even in the midst of, you know, yeah. inexperience or yeah. stupidity or mistakes that yep. God says, I know you and I love you. The enemy has come to steal, yeah. to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life hmm. and life abundant. And of course, the enemy wants to snuff out life even hmm. before it has a chance to breathe air. Yeah. That's the whole battle, you know, with abortion is, mm-hmm. is that the enemy just sees the life, sees that God-given potential yeah. in the image of God and wants to stamp it out. Mm. But um, this has just been a story of how life is precious, matters to God, no matter how it starts. Mm-hmm. And um, would you be willing to just close us out in a word of prayer, just mm. praying over all those who will hear this story yeah. and um, just pray over... Yeah. However God's leading you. Yeah. Heavenly Father, uh, just as we've been able to sit here and talk a little bit about your story through our life and through our family, Lord, we're grateful. And we thank you that even in the midst of our um, craziness and uh, sin, that your holiness is still displayed. Yeah. And I thank you that you um, have received just the the choices of our lives mm-hmm. and that you make beautiful things out of them. And God, I pray that even as... Uh, Sandy and I are able to share our story, Lord, that um, anybody else who's in the place of either wrestling with their own past, Lord, would let you do that healing work of showing them those areas of life that they have wounds that they've held deeply to, Mm -hmm. that this is a day to release and forgive, to be forgiven, to uh, let go Mm -hmm. of the ties of the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lord, I pray for those that might be in the place of decision-making now about, um, a similar crisis, God, that you would help them to see and hear just the story of how uh, the beauty of life, when given a chance, will always grow and flourish. And so, God, I just pray that you would um, give young women courage right now mm-hmm. to see that what feels like a crisis or a tragedy yeah. uh, within them is actually an invitation to um, a great blessing. Yeah. Great blessing. Uh, God, I pray that you would protect. Uh, every marriage, every child, every family from just a, a world of evil and a world of lies that seeks to bring confusion and destruction from human sexuality mm-hmm. to identity and gender, uh, to attacks against marriage and fidelity, mm-hmm. to the attacks over life itself. Yeah. Uh, Father, thank you that through your Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that you lead us not into temptation, but right. you deliver us from evil and from the evil one. Yeah. And so, God, I just pray that you would use this story of life, yeah. uh, use your invitation uh, to bring transformation and beauty into this world. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who was crucified Jesus. so that our sins may be forgiven, and who was raised to life again on the third day so that we might live eternally. We put mm-hmm. our hope in Jesus, yeah. and we choose to walk in his way. Mm-hmm. And it is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thanks so much for sharing this time with us as we tell the stories about life and God's goodness.